Hello and welcome to episode 244 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can find probably sobbing in a corner somewhere at, <laughs> on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm all right. Um, first thing we've got to do, like you would if you were winning a grand final, I wonder what that's like, is to say a big thank you to our sponsor, manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com and you put in the code NRL, which is our exclusive code, you can get 20% off and free shipping of all of the wonderful things that they've got. They've got deodorants, they've got, you know, ball shavers, they've got all sorts of stuff. Boxer shorts, microfiber boxer shorts. So go there, support the people that support this podcast, and a big thank you to manscaped.com. Remember that code NRL. There we go. Well, the NRL Grand Final day has been and gone. We'll start off very quickly with um, the Brisbane Broncos in the women's Grand Final. Mm-hmm. They won the uh, the Grand Final again. So so far, we've had three NRLW seasons, and the Broncos have won all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, and then, Freaky's Panthers played in the Grand Final against the Melbourne Storm, and the. Um, I think the scoreline flattered Penrith in the end, but I say that having been someone who only watched the first half of the game. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne won 26-20, but at yeah. halftime, Melbourne was up 22-0 or 20-0, something like that. Something like that, yeah. It was... Um, uh, 22-0. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bad first half of the Panthers. Mind yeah. you, if you feel good, the, uh, <laughs> the Panthers are in control. Can we t- let's talk about the game first, all right? Yeah, let's get into the game. Yeah. So, um, I think Penrith were initially a little bit unlucky in the first half. There yeah. was a penalty trial which was given to Melbourne, which could have gone either way. Yeah. I myself wasn't that concerned with the end result. I could see why they came to the decision they did, uh-huh. and that's usually a main reason why I'm, I don't get that upset about it. Mm-hmm. But I could see why people would be a little bit... Um, Unhappy with it. Yeah. Because usually it's about kicking at a player. Um, was it really kicking? Because I think the ball hit the player's shin. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was a it was a kick as much as it was trying to get the leg under the ball, in my yeah. opinion. But it's, you know, it's one of those ones that, you know, when they said that they were... I thought he'd lost the ball at first in, in real speed. And then when the video ref said that he was going to be looking at the kicking at the ball, I thought, I didn't see any kicking at the ball. And then I... I you know what? It's it's one of those things where I can see it from both sides. I think it was... Part of the unluckiness about it, in my opinion, is the fact that this is all happening in the corner. And because it's a penalty try... Uh, which is harsh in itself. It, it kind of it gets kicked the conversions from in front, and so yeah. it's like it sort of compounds it a bit. But you know, at the same time, what do you, you know? What do you do? Well, the flip side is if they didn't award a penalty try, mm-hmm. there's a fair chance that a Panthers player was getting sent to the sin bin. Yeah, and so yeah. it didn't matter which way it went with it. Penrith are going to be on the bad bad end of some decision somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I think in hindsight, I think, well, initially when I was watching it, I was kind yeah. of hoping that they'd award the penalty try, because I think if they had have lost a player at that point in time, um, my thinking at the time was Melbourne will run away 
with the first mm. half, and I don't know if Penrith will reel them back in. Um, mm. That happened anyway without anyone being sent off. So <laughs> yeah, true. What do I know? Um, then Vunavalu scored an intercept from a. I'm going to be honest here. You may not like me for this. A fucking stupid Nathan Cleary pass. Yeah, um, I, look, I can see what Cleary was thinking, but it was. So did Vunavalu. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem exactly. And then, like he gets the ball, Mansoor made a missed tackle, which I'm not going to crucify him over that because, you know, he shouldn't have had to have, you know, made that tackle. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and it was all over as soon as he got through that tackle. That's right. And then a third trial scored by Melbourne when Coruscant knocked the ball out of Cameron Smith's hands at dummy half. Mm-hmm. Um, Smith picked it up and then dived over the line. Very soft try. Super um, soft. And for me, that for me was the bit where I looked at it and thought, um, I can't see Penrith coming back from that sort of a try because I think that was the sort of try that breaks a team's spirit. Yeah, and I mean, at that stage, it, it was... Right on halftime as well. Yeah, you kind of... I, I was looking at the halftime score thinking, man, they're on track for the record. You know, um, and the first ten points that they gave up in the match were a penalty try and two penalty goals. Um, I, I felt like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame the referee. There's plenty of people that will f- blame the referee. I'm not gonna be that person. I, I'm willing to say that you know you, you and we've said it all year. You got to overcome everything. Yeah, got to mm-hmm. overcome the wet weather. Got to overcome all of it, and I felt like in that first half, they set the Panthers set themselves up to be a victim of everything that happened in the game, and that you know the rubber of the green wasn't going their way, but they were also dropping balls, they were throwing silly passes, they weren't helping their cause at all, and that's what happens when when things aren't going your way and you compound it, you end up down twenty two nil at half time. Exactly, and there was. I think that was the thing for me is that the Panthers' uh, ill discipline was the worst mm. it's been nearly all year. Yeah, um, yeah. and the execution at the end of sets was just not quite good enough. As remember last year when we watched them play, and there was just that clunkiness about them where nothing was kind of sinking. Mm. That yeah, came it, back in the grand. Even early this year, it was a little bit like that, and the, probably the first I don't know what eight rounds or so where their attack just looked clunky. Yeah, and... it just wasn't quite sinking properly, and that came yeah. back. Um, the problem that I had, that Penrith, though, had the um, most glaringly in this game mm-hmm. was their defence abandoned them. Like, their defence had been, had been coming up in pairs, yeah. shutting down play, stopping, stopping momentum for opposition teams, and they couldn't shut down Melbourne. Especially out wide. You mm. know, like that... Look, I, I'm willing to say the Panthers forwards did their job today. I thought they were pretty good. Um, you know, they they were hitting hard in defence. They were hitting hard in defence all game. They were getting pretty good go forward. And I feel as though it was just the outside backs really let them down. And there was, as you say, I mean, out wide, it was all over the place, the defensive line. And, you know, against the Storm, you really can't do that. Um May I offer a piece of criticism for Ivan Cleary? Yeah, go for it. Why did you put a utility player in the centres instead of an actual centre who'd been playing great all year? 
or I, I, I feel like it was a coach thing. I feel like it was, you know, for, I don't know why, but he trusts Tyrone May. And in that first finals game, he went in with Naden and Naden did some things in that game that, I mean, his defense wasn't great. And there was a, you know, that whole debacle at the end of that game against the Roosters where he, he, you know, let them back into the game really late in it. And we didn't see Naden in the next game that they played. He had him on the bench, but he didn't use him. Uh, and I feel like it's one of those things with a coach where you want to take as many variables out as you can. And I think he felt that Naden was a variable. He he made that decision, and in hindsight, it's it's been a bad decision. Yeah, I don't think... You know what? To me, there's an example mm-hmm. that was set by... The Sharks in 2016 when uh, Chad Townsend had a bad game in the first finals match. Yeah. And he was dropped for the second game, mm-hmm. brought back for the grand final. And that's the thing is, you teach him a lesson for one game. Yeah. And so Naden was basically dropped for the, the second finals match. Mm. That should have been the lesson. Mm. Why put him on the bench again? Because all you're doing then now is you're compounding the issue for the kid. Mm-hmm. And... That's just putting a bit of a, a bit of a negative feel on him and, and part of the team. And I don't know. I just think it was a bad decision to to bench him for two straight games. I think one game would have been more than enough. Would have got the message across. You know, you need to be better. This is what happens if you're not. Mm-hmm. Done. Message learnt. But um, yeah, is he going to start with Tyrone May for all of next year? If that's the case, then. Um, Potato, can you just get on the court of Penner and say, look, we'll take Naden for you. Um, how about a straight shot for Moses and Bai? He's experienced. Yeah, it's... it's uh, I, I mean, I, I, I understand both... Dis- I, I understand it both ways. When And I thought during the week, I, I don't know if you and me talked about it, I think me and Nadine did, that we, we thought that Naden might have come off the bench he might have fallen off the bench and being 18th man and that was what they said it was the going into the game that Naden was gonna you know be the 18th man and then an hour before kickoff he's back on the bench um and as a mistake there's a mistake that's all, all you can say about it yeah well, I mean you um, only need one of either May or Naden you don't need both in the side so if you're going to go with May at center <laughs> Then yeah. you don't put Naden on the bench, you put a forward on the bench. That's if, what I believe too, yeah. If you're going to put May on the bench, then he's your utility player. Mm-hmm. You put three other forwards on the bench. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it, it's sort of amateurish the way that sort of selection process went, out, went about. Yeah, um, I agree. And just because you beat Melbourne during the season, Grand Finals is a different beast. Yeah. And there's not a club that's playing at the moment in the last 20 years. That's got the same sort of big game experience as the Storm. Yeah. And you've got to bring out all your big guns and be on point with all your selections and everything. And I think that was one thing um, for me was just confusing at the start. Yeah. But Penrith started with a lot of good energy. They were playing pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that second try that the Storm scored where they skipped ahead, was it 14 nil, 16 nil? Yeah, it ended up being 16-0 uh, after that conversion. You could tell from that point on, mm-hmm. Penrith, Penrith 
for some reason decided, right, we have to play catch-up football now instead of trying to stick to their game plan that worked all year. Because mm-hmm. there were times throughout the season where they fell behind in games, but they were able to come back just before the uh, halftime and then take the game in the second half. Yeah, yeah. They and... went away from that entirely, and they just bunkered down and went away from what was working, and they didn't look anything like the team that had won 70 straight games. Yeah, and and then after half time, Pappenhausen scores a runaway try from a scrum, um, and you know I, that's what can you say? And, and like the comeback from Penrith, look, it was it was interesting. It was valiant at one point. It was like really interesting. Well, but... I'm glad I'm glad it happened because um, I don't think Penrith deserved to get absolutely. Fucked in the grand final. Mm-hmm. They deserve better than that. Um, and I think it's a testament to them that they did fight back and they did put in a, a good showing in the second half to get the game back to essentially a six-point game. Mm-hmm. But uh, better defense in the first half and, and better discipline with the ball in hand, you know, that could have been that try that Cleary scored at the end. That could have been to level the scores. Mm-hmm. He could have then chewed up the time to wind the clock down and convert the try and win the game. You know, it's it's mm. something that could be as simple as that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've only got themselves to blame for what happened, really. Yep. yep. And, like, there's something I want to say, because I, I, I've talked about this during the year, and I think, you know, you get to the grand final, and I, I haven't been of an age when my team's lost the grand final where I've really been able to feel it like this, you know? you've got to wear it, you've got to cop it, and uh, it sounds cliched, but you've got to cop it like a man, you know, you've got to, I said on on uh, Twitter, I didn't want to see any Panthers fans winching about the refereeing or anything like that, you just got to take a big bite of that shit sandwich and start chewing, and feel it, you know, feel the loss, feel all the you know, disappointment and and whatever else you're feeling, but don't t- try and direct it somewhere else. You just got to cop it, and I, I hope that's what I see out of Panthers fans. I hope that's what I see out of everybody that's at the Panthers club. Um, I don't want to see any sort of excuses or anything like that. There were no excuses. They were flat out beaten on the day by a better football team a team that turned up when it mattered most and got the job done. And there's no excuses. I I, I just, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, carry on like we see a lot of people carry on when their teams lose in regular season games, let alone in the grand final. Um, this is a loss and you've got to cop it. And that's part of being a, a footy fan. It's part of being a supporter. It's part of life is copping losses. And I just, you know, it feels horrible. It feels really horrible, but that's part of the whole show. You know, that's part of that's part of life, as I said. And if you can't if you can't work out how to react to setbacks and losses and bad times and things you don't like, well, then you're not going to set your or really celebrate in the good times. So I, I I'm not going to sit here and blame anyone else because there's no one else to blame. Panthers lost. The storm one. Um, it was. I managed to get a smile watching the storm receive the trophy. And Cameron Smith. It was funny when he was doing the uh, post match sort of uh, presentation thing. 
there was a couple of times he would say, and last of all, and you knew he was thinking, everyone wants me to say I'm going to retire. And he was going like, last of all, I want to thank all the training squad that trained for us. <laughs> last of all, I want to thank all of our family and, and everyone that was up on the coast. with it. And it was just brilliant. And he didn't even hint at retiring. And I loved that. I thought that was pretty funny. See, um, I had a feeling that something was going on because around yeah. the time that that would have been taking place, I could yeah. feel the window shaking. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder what that is. And now that you've mentioned that, now yeah. I know that it was that it was uh, old hood ornament sitting at home, absolutely <laughs> fucking seething. Yeah. He's sitting oh, there shaking dude. like crazy, and it's making the rest of the world shake. He's in there going, just fucking tell me what you're doing. Just do it. Say the words. I can't take it anymore. Stop being selfish. I need this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cameron um, is the. Would he be now the greatest cop tease there is in NRL history? <laughs> oh shit, that's a good question. Um, well, look, I was going to ask you a question now. Put you in sort of a better mood. Okay. What's it like to be in a grand final? <laughs> You've been in a grand final, you bastard. Yeah, Fifteen years ago. Yeah. Fifteen fucking years ago. It, it's uh, man. There's so much that's gone on in my life in the last 15. So much <laughs> shit has gone on in the world in the last 15 years. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Players have been... We've had legends come and retire in that period of time. Yeah. 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 15 years. So, well, it's been... Uh, it's been a hell of a 30-odd years. Yeah, since I tasted failure in a grand final. Mm-hmm. And... Boy, that one hurt. Yeah, I get, oh. I get that one hurt. Like, uh, I guess if you're going to lose a grand final, like if we had a loss by a record score tonight, uh, that would have really hurt me. That would have yeah. really, really hurt. But uh, but I guess if you're going to lose, you would rather lose in the way of they the way they did tonight in terms of like. You've got this little thing of, well, you know, if the game went for five minutes more, you know, and it's stupid. Mm. It means nothing. I mean, it, it, like if the game went for five minutes more, the Storm might have scored, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's stupidness. But I, th- I think you'd rather it, it that way. Then. That's right. At least you know you weren't completely outplayed. You you, you were able to get back into the game. Mm. Um, that's a good thing. Um, How about that try by – oh, you didn't see the try by Cleary at the end. No, I did see that one. Oh, did you? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I got the last. Cry. I got the last two Panthers tries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that last try. That that's a, that's the sort of try that a a player much more mature than he scores. Yeah, yeah. I was when I was watching it, and look at at that point, I'm like, this is kind of interesting, you know. I, I was I was resigned to the loss in the first half, and even when they were coming back, but. When when he scored that try, I was like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, this would be a good try. Oh, 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 he scored. Wow. And, uh, yeah, but there's, like, just not enough time left on the clock nah. to do anything. And, and That was a was genuine leader's try, that one. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting, excuse me, it was interesting to see how he reacted to the loss. Um, because he's so young and he's got so much pressure on his shoulders, you kind of, you don't want to, pile onto it but i saw him there at the end with his dad and his dad he was obviously there when his dad lost the grand final with the warriors and his dad 
you know, was with him there tonight. And it's, you know, that young bloke has a lot of, of rugby league memory built into the mind of a very, very young player and somebody that is also physically um, pretty gifted for a halfback. I mean, he's just pretty strong halfback yeah, and a very good defender. And, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see a, a, a lot of the planters players is going to be interesting to see how they react to this loss and what happens with their career from here on in. And part of me feels as though with Nathan Cleary, this might be one of those moments where we say, I remember when he lost the first grand final and, and he went on to do, do what he did. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch that, but you know, the thing that's curious for me is I'm wondering if he gets made um, captain of the club next year. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel as though it's not something I'd want him to carry. Like I, I know, think... but, at the, but at the same time, yeah. he genuinely stood up as a leader, especially in the second half of the year. Yeah, yeah. And looked comfortable doing it. He did, yeah. And look, he's in many ways, he is he is the leader of the team just by the fact that he's the halfback. Um, but I, I, like I feel as though he's, Dad would probably want to not put that much pressure on him. I wonder who's going to be the. I, I feel like it might be uh, Fisher Harris that ends up the captain or Yo, um, but we'll see. But I think no matter who their name is, captain, it kind of de facto is going to be clearing anyway. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Coruscant to be honest. Yeah, Coruscant as well. Um, I thought he played pretty well tonight. I thought. Early on, there was a lot of a lot of calls that he probably should have got catching the storm, um, not square at marker that he didn't quite get. But you got to overcome them. You got to overcome yeah. them things to win. And and so yeah, I think the other thing, oh, the one thing that stood out. Okay, I see a lot of people were giving Kikau a lot of grief for his mm-hmm. first half, and while he was involved in a fair few things that went wrong. Mm. Um, it wasn't through a lack of trying. It wasn't like he was turning yeah. up and being genuinely shit. He was putting in... Um, I think he was trying to get too involved in the game. If that's a I, criticism to, that could be made. Yeah, I feel as though... I, I agree with you. I think that one of the nice things I saw them doing was getting him the ball early. I think they need to do that more often. Um, instead, What they've done a lot this season is get the ball to him right on the line. Mm. And I think getting the ball to him early is is a better way to go about it. Um, <clears throat> and I think that because of the type of player he is that can break the game open, sometimes he gets in his head, and it's not a criticism, but sometimes he gets in his head that he's the one that has to come up with the miracle yeah. play to make something happen. And he doesn't have to. He's Sometimes he just needs to take the tackle. Sometimes he needs to, you know, just... Sometimes the play's just going to peter out, and he needs to be okay with that because he's going to break the game open eventually. It's not if, it's when with him, yeah. you know? I think a, a good way to use him for this grand final would have been to have him tighter in the middle of the field yeah, and running at Cameron Smith a lot more. Yeah, i tell you one, one thing I'd like to see him do is have him coming back against the run yeah. a play a lot more. All he, he seems to be used, and I think it's coaching. I don't think it's him. He seems to be 
running towards the sideline more than he is running in field. And I think the last thing that an opposition team wants is to be worrying about kick out running back in field. Because you could yeah. run him back in field and then put Edwards back on the inside. And, you know, kick out will have taken two or three defenders with him just by being in the area. Exactly. He's, so, he's running He's running the Gareth Ellis line a lot. Yeah, is, and he's better run than... Run forward, bump off the first defender, and then try and run around them on the sideline side of things, which yeah. just runs your winger out of play. Exactly, exactly. And, like, I, I want kick out to be... I, I want more players to be looking to get the ball off kick out rather than just the winger or the centre. Yeah. And that's how the game, that's how it's flowing at the moment for him, the way Penrith are using them. Yeah, that's something they really need to, to work on. Cause, and I think another part too is I, I don't think he realises how much of a physically dominating thing he can be. Like He mm. knows he can bump off one defender, mm. but I don't think he realises that he can be the sort of bustling powerhouse of a Tormalolo or a Josh Papali. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, That's what he can be. Because too often you see him, instead of trying to run through a person, which he can do, he's built for it, he tries to get around them and go, mm-hmm. man, what are you doing? Yeah. You're a fucking tank. Yeah, I mean, I, and I dare say, you know, one-on-one, and I don't care who the defender is, he, he's either going to, beat them or really, really hurt them. Yes. <laughs> they stop him, you know. And yeah. He's the sort I, of player I, that always commands two defenders. Yeah. Always. At least. At least. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> it's, it's the it's his power and his leg drive. Mm-hmm. It's the height of him. Mm-hmm. The step he's got up the line. Mm. Um, the speed off the mark. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. Yeah, that's what makes him a massive threat. And then he's got the bloody long arms on him, so he can get an arm away and get a ball away. You know, there's got to be a player out there that that could sit there and sit him down and says, right, you've got to look at every single person out there and go, you know what, you can run through every fucking one of them. There's not one person out there that can stop you. So stop trying to run around them. Run through them, man. Yeah. That's all he's got to do. And, like... I think it comes down to the coach needs to use him better. Yeah. You know, he's not being wide. utilized. He's he way really too is. wide. Even he if they really... bring him just one man in, so there's at least at least two to three players outside him, mm. um, that would be much more sensible. At the moment, he's, he's getting so wide. Of course he's going to beat defenders out there. They're bloody tiny little wingers and centers. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> with the way they use him at the moment, I, I think he... And it's not because he's doing anything wrong. I think because he is so devastating in attack, it, the Panthers defend, uh, Panthers attack when he's in the side can get a little bit clunky because they think, they're thinking too much, get the ball to him, get the ball to him, get the ball to him. And it, it just stifles their attack a little bit at times. And, you know, if they can learn how to use him better and it's just, it's flat out down to coaching, um, you know, no one's no one's see kick out with the ball in his hand, run a one on one with any of their defenders, and that's something Penrith have in their arsenal, and they need to learn to use it better. Because I tell you what, if he was on the Storm team, we'd all be in trouble. Yes. Um. Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. 
Who won the Clive Churchill medal? Because I, I didn't get to see it here. <clears throat> Pappenhausen won it. Um, you know, I, it's hard to argue with it. I, I thought they had a lot of good performance in that team. But, you know, he, he had a lot of running metres, especially considering he ran for 70 metres for a try. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, it was one of those games where no one really properly stood out, I didn't think. Like, especially from the Storm team, it was a really good team performance by the Storm. Yeah. Um, And that's just what they do. Yeah, yeah. They just get every cog working. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, And the machine just keeps going. You just, you take something exceptional to stop it. Yeah, but let me tell you, when when Cameron Smith retires, they're starved. It's, I wonder, how many, people, I wonder so how many people good. are thinking that now, given that their their spine when he retires is going to be Pappenhausen, Munster, who gives a fuck who the halfback is, and yeah. Harry Grant. I mean, you could probably put Brandon Smith in there as well somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's that, fucking that, absurd. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's wrong. It's wrong. Like, say, so, if, say Harry Grant. And I know this isn't going to happen, but say Harry Grant was named as the Australian hooker, you would be like, okay, you know, it wouldn't be like you'd say, oh, this is ridiculous, it should be Cook. Like, that's how good Harry Grant is already. And if Cameron's legendary, all-time great Cameron Smith decides to retire in this off-season, and I don't think he's going to retire, but if he decides to retire, they get Harry Grant and he'll probably only play for the next 15 years for the Storm. <laughs> like, it is it is unbelievable what they're doing. Yeah. And again, that comes down to a brilliant coach. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and an organisation that is... They try and stay ahead of the curve, but... And, and even if you look at it in the way of, like, they know they've got the best coach, so they make sure he he has to turn down a million-plus dollars every year to go yeah. elsewhere, you know? Well, I've got two stats here. Okay. Okay, that might might be... Um, exp- I don't know. Might, might convince Cameron Smith to go around for one more year. Okay. He needs 20 more games to reach 450. <laughs> so crazy. And 214 points to reach the 3,000. We Oh, man. I hope he plot. I think he's got like two or three good seasons left in him. He's he's definitely got one one season of elite football left in him. Yeah, of like, of like you're probably the best hooker in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then a year, at least a year, where he might just play every second week, or might be on the bench, or you know, just around the team, and just pops up every now and then, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, just so he doesn't get overused too much, but you just call on him whenever you you need someone for a depth hooker, or if you need a, you might even play one last season at half at halfback or five eight or something like that. Yeah, he could definitely do it. It's he's incredible, and you know he's just got so much experience, so much winning experience. He's so cool under pressure. Like he's he's one of the greatest leaders we've ever seen in the game, and uh, you know it, it, it's. I tell you, one of the good things about this storm win, 
we can now turn down the volume on that bullshit about Cooper Cronk. You know? <laughs> oh, Cooper Cronk. Yeah, yeah, they, they won without Cooper Cronk. Yeah, let's settle down, all right? Yeah. Yeah, Cameron Smith's the, the big piece there now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, if I channel into the arsehole side of League Freak. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Do we now call this premiership the, uh, you know, just, just another asterisk premiership for the Storm? Do we call it a premiership? Like, I mean, really? Just Can you call it a, a premiership? We just said the Storm have now got three asterisk premierships. Short, short season? All of them. We're playing in summer, basically. I know it's freezing cold and raining, but come yeah. on. Well, that's the thing, because we're, we're basically playing in summer. I mean, it's, it's practically fucking Super League season now, isn't it? Yeah. This is really just a pre-season comp for 2021, if you ask me. Exactly. This is These are just... Um, you know, warm-up games before the season starts. Exhibitions, at best. Yeah. The premiership was decided in, Oct- you know, first week of October. Yeah, well, first past the post. I mean, that's really what it's about, surely. Exactly, exactly. That's how it should have been decided all along. Yeah, yeah. Just like every other truncated season, just go first past the post, stay with tradition. All of these games after the premiership season was over are just silly. I didn't yeah, was, really was, pay attention to them. It was just for money. It really was disgusting in a way. Oh, perverse! Against the against the spirit of the game. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. So we'll take the title off him. Okay. Yeah. Done. Now, um, should, should we talk about the elephant in the room? Yeah, let, let's address the elephant in the room. I think I think the elephant was mentioned earlier. <laughs> the old grey elephant. I couldn't find the live telecast on Fox Sports. They don't have one for the great Okay, title. now I thought they did. No. So I'm looking they, on Fox. Pretty sure they yeah. called the game yeah. with their own commentators. Yeah. And they call it live, but they can't broadcast it live. So when they do the replay, mm. I think they do a replay with their commentators calling the game. Yeah. So I, but, and I didn't realize that. So I was going to watch the Fox Sports grand final coverage because I thought, you know, no ads. Sounds good. Yeah. So I was forced to watch the Channel 9 one like everyone else, the Channel 9 mm-hmm. coverage. Um, mm-hmm. I turned it on when Amy Shark was was uh, doing the pre-match entertainment. I thought she did really well. Um, you know, I don't really care about pre-match entertainment, but she did well. She did, she did the job. And then I really didn't pay much attention until kickoff and the commentary was... <laughs> So bad. Like Ray Warren retired five years ago. Yeah. Remember the remember the last go around, Ray Warren, all that stuff. Yeah, Paul Crawley was saying he should be made an immortal. Yeah. And mm. he's still calling the game and like he he's he's not he's not great at it anymore. No, I'll tell you what though. He wasn't disgraceful. Like he had a period there a few mm. years back where he's his calling got really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of improved a little bit this year. I've only seen three games on Channel Nine this year, uh-huh. um, and he wasn't too bad on there. Um, I will say this too: Andrew Johns wasn't wasn't horrible like I had seen him be now, in previous I'm, years as I'm well. So glad you said that because that's the next thing I was going to say. Andrew Johns tonight wasn't that bad, you know. He focused on being an analyst, and he was fucking good at it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And then, um, then there was Karen. 
And look, my highlight from Karen was when he got confused between whether to say the word hit or shot, and he said shit. Yeah, what was it he said? The the like the line he said. Um, you, po- oh, it? you posted I, it on Twitter. I, I did. I did tweet it. Where is it? Yeah. Because I missed that. I missed him saying that. I wasn't too wasn't too sure of it at the time when I first heard it. Yeah. Um. Oh, where is it? Looking, looking, looking. Wow, this is great audio. This is here we go. Yeah, this is really disrupting stuff. So it was when <laughs> Fisher Harris got mm-hmm. penalised, mm-hmm. and he meant to say, "Did um something about?" Oh, there you go. Fisher Harris got penalised for that late shit. <laughs> late shit. <laughs> You could tell he was halfway between saying hit or shot, and he picked the word that's stuck in the middle. Yeah. I, I think I think the highlight of his call, and look, he was trending. I put my trends on for Sydney on Twitter. He was trending number three <laughs> at one point. Well, because the rest of the time, it was people going on about how, even when Penrith were down 16-0, he was still saying that they were in the game and that they were yes. the better performing team at the time. And it, it was like... Fuck us. The storm literally had just gone up by 16-0. And he said, forget about the scoreline. The Panthers are on top in this game. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? That's just dummy stuff. Oh. And then, like, it, the, the other stuff, it's like, look out, look out, look out. I, I knew they are coming back. You knew they were going to come back. It's like, shut up. Yeah. I can't imagine what Storm fans felt like because I'm a Panthers fan and I, I, at no point did I feel like he was going for us, right? But I can see where a Storm fan would feel like he was completely biased for us. All I kept thinking was like, this guy is an idiot. Yeah. And it didn't improve. No, it just got worse and worse. Yeah. He was, he was horrible. Now, I'll, I'll say one thing. He was like a he was like a shit magnet because <laughs> all of the shit that the other commentators usually churn out with all just yeah. got attracted to Gus and he just produced it all on his own and all the rest were really good. Yeah, it was. Um, and look, I'm watching the game and I'm watching my team get fucking smacked at one point. And even as I'm having this horrible experience, I'm thinking, holy shit, Phil Gould is fucking atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the worst form in the game so far. Yeah, I actually... And then, did you see that? Did, I don't know if they showed this down there, that halftime, whatever the fuck it was with Brad Fittler. No. Oh, my God. They they put on like this... Like, they did a quick, you know, thing of the game at halftime, really quick. And then they did some sort of clip thing that had Brad Fittler in it. It was like the year that was... And Brad Fittler's talking over the top of it. And it was all these, like, goofy clips of, like, at one point they're showing tennis players and all of this weird shit. And it's like, what the fuck are we watching? It was like something that if they put it together for the footy show, somebody would have come in and looked at it and said, no, nah, let's just leave that out tonight. That just seems, <laughs> you know, you've tried too hard. And they put that on on the one of the biggest nights in Australian television. And... Like, at one point I tweeted, like, I thought the Panthers were having the worst night tonight, but then, you know, they fucking put that on. It was it was really cringy and, like, not funny and just stupid. And The only yeah. thing I saw from Brad, Brad Fittler on night was um, 
his ad telling me that I need to sleep more um, about 35,000 fucking times in the first half. And oh, Brad, really? yeah. Brad, I'll sleep as much as I fucking well want. I didn't think we'd say we you know what? If I want to sleep for five hours, then my body will only sleep for five hours. That's pretty much all it does anyway. <laughs> that, that's I, it. I don't sleep more than that. You know, I've got, you... got a website to fucking maintain. <laughs> this shit doesn't happen while I sleep. <laughs> but, you know, if only we could all earn like a million bucks a year for about 10 years of our football careers. Exactly. Good. You'd sleep like, like a shit fucking like baby. Absolutely. Sleep um, in taxis. There, sleep there in was... gutters. There was, a funny, anyway. <laughs> there was a funny point during the women's grand final where they said that they they literally showed footage of Brad Fittler talking to the camera and they were saying he's got a camera strapped to his chest and like you're looking at him saying, no, he doesn't. And then they pretended that the fucking giant steady cams that the cameraman carry around was brad fitler standing behind the women's players um lining up the kicks and he's and like the they're hd steady cam cameras you know it's hard to <laughs> and so he's like and he's like line here and i'm like are we supposed to be playing along with this shit at home like this is actually happening but we saw then, it once in the first half didn't we it was, it was called they called it freddy cam <laughs> well yeah that's the thing they come up and they he does he's like just randomly, he's like, oh, I'm looking at the winger of the other side of the field from where the play was. He's like, I'm looking at the winger, and they're lined up here. He didn't even say anything. And they showed it on, like, what looked like a camera from a fucking old Nokia phone or something, and yeah. they quickly ditched that. So it was, it was on a slight tilt. Yeah. Just to it make was, it look genuine. It was really... Uh, I saw a lot of people saying that Channel 9's coverage was absolutely like nothing short of atrocious on Twitter. And I'm glad that other people were saying it because I know you and me get into the media a bit. And so we'll, you know, you kind of watch things and you're like, oh man, I wouldn't have done that one. But when other people start saying, holy fuck, what are they doing? Like I was seeing people from overseas saying like, when the Brad Fittler thing went, happened at half time, and they're like, this is going out across the world. What are they thinking? <laughs> So oh, weird. It was nuts. But yeah, um, Phil Gould was uh he was he was distractingly bad and I don't know if they can say to him, look, tone it down or something, or if they just say, Look, Gus, we we're gonna let you go and email the Warriors every day and, and just take a little break from uh the commentary because it was um it was not good. No. Um, Channel Nine's broadcast was horrid. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to Phil Gould being horrid. Yeah, um, I think if if Channel Nine want to improve the product they put out, um, I've got a few pointers for them. Mm-hmm. Number one. Stop shitting on the NRL and telling them how shit they are at running their game because we saw in the grand final tonight how shit you are at running yours. Mm. Um, number two, get rid of Gould. Mm. Okay. Everyone's sick of him. And to yeah. be honest, he's going to be busy trying to run the Melbourne, uh, trying to run the, the Warriors junior development by, by fucking text message next year. <laughs> We've seen the bias he's got for Penrith and he's not involved with the club anymore. If yeah, it's going to be locked. He's going to have all that bias for the Warriors, but it's and like, not, and they're not on Channel Nine. He's going to be talking about the Warriors the whole time, and they won't even yeah. show fucking Warriors games. 
Yeah, and it, like I'm a Panthers fan. It's not like I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, Gus, you tell him, man." Oh, he's on our side. I'm like, I'm like, oh, would he shut the fuck up? Yeah, just man, we get it. You've been involved with the Panthers. You're trying to ride them to a victory and then claiming as some sort of success for yourself. But you know what? No one cares. Just shut up. Call the game. And the thing that irritates people the most about him is that he used to be one of the best analysts the game yeah. had by yeah. a fucking mile. There was no one close to Gus. You, and you this is now in. what he's descended to. Yeah, you would tune into footy games and think, man, I'm going to learn something. Yeah. And now you get this shit. Mm. Um, so there's there's a few pointers for you, Channel 9. I know you don't listen to the people, so you're not going to think about that. But if you're smart, you will. Because that crap you put out tonight, that was subpar. So, um, yeah, you know, the other thing that pissed me off is at about half time they started saying, and Brad Vittler's going to reveal who's in the, the New South Wales team after the match. And, like, we all know they've got to go through fitness tests and stuff like that. And it just felt inappropriate. It's like... I know they want to promote. It, well, I, I look. I know they want to promote Origin, <clears throat> but let's face it: who gives a shit about State of Origin thirty-five minutes into the grand final? Exactly. You know, just shut the fuck up about Origin. Origin will rate. You know, we know what's on. Just shut the fuck up. I don't yeah. care who's in the New South Wales side right fucking now. I don't give a shit. Nope. It was. I'll... An absolute train wreck of a, of a uh, performance by Channel 9. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. A lot of work to do. We've only got um, for another, what, four or five years at a lower in, rate. In comparison, the worst thing that happened on Fox Sports in their commentary of the, uh, the NRL women's game was yeah. Steve Roach said the word grouse. <laughs> I hear it's the new word all the kids are saying. All the young kids are on it. Um, yeah, when I was a young kid, they were saying it. <laughs> I think grouse. My God. I tell you what, the women's game was interesting. The, uh, looked it, like was. it was. Gonna, it looked like it was going to swing back and forth a little bit, and they played really well considering it was pouring rain at the time. Mm. Yeah. No, that, that game was really in the balance. It looked like Brisbane were going to go away with it. A bit to start with, and then um, the Roosters reeled them in, and it was really hanging in the balance for a while. There it wasn't until two good tries by the Broncos in the uh, in the back half of the game, where Brisbane sort of were able to get away and have a comfortable lead and hang on to it. But yeah, it was a it was a tough game too. I've got a uh, a text uh, a text a tweet by Karen. I think I should read. Oh, go for it. So Phil Gould says, he tweeted this, Congratulations to Storm, 2020 Premiers. However, Grand Final could easily have gone to Panthers. <laughs> Halftime score did not reflect the first half action. What? It was one-sided. I was glad to get into halftime fucking 22-0 down. Uh, Panthers 20 to four second half showed possibilities. Panthers run out of time. Cameron Smith said, "If it goes another two minutes, I just don't know." That's just not based in reality. 
No, nah, I thought he was going to say, congratulations, Melbourne. Penrith's still in it. <laughs> he should have just put, he just should have put the score line, not, not anything else, and, and just gone and just posted like, look out, look out, look out, because that's all he does. Um, another tweet, um, the little nuggety bastard, Brandon Smith, He's wearing the. He's in the dressing rooms. It's a picture of him in the dressing rooms. He's wearing, uh, you know, the snow goggles because they're spraying champagne everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that hurts me. And uh, his the caption he put on is number twenty six hoops. You little baldy. Ha 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 ha. So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Um. Yeah, Channel Nine's currently trending on Twitter, and it's not pretty. Really, what are people saying? Let's have a look. Um, pretty much what we've said. Yeah. Someone here said, "I'm a Victorian that has a healthy passing interest in the Storm, but the Channel Nine commentary bias against them is quite something. They don't even try and hide it." Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the whole team. It's just Gus, but he talks a lot. Um, one person criticised Gal, but I must say, I didn't. I didn't even hear Gallon talking, to be honest. I, I saw him a couple of times on the telecast. It was once before the game and once after the game. He, he interviewed Cleary, uh, I, uh, Nathan Cleary, and I'll be honest with you, I tuned Paul Gallen out. I, yeah, I, I, know, didn't, I didn't think he did anything that bad, though. He, he wasn't an issue. No. I, 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 in fact, if you hadn't have brought up Paul Gallen, I would have forgot he was there, you know? Yeah. Um, the only thing I can say about Paul Gallen is I, I've heard him this week literally tip both sides at least four different times. Well, you you know, it's a safe way to go. Yeah. You've got to have an each-way bet. <laughs> it always you, makes it better, hey? Exactly. You want to make sure you come out a winner no matter what. <laughs> a um, bit in there, a bit in there. Yeah, it's a bit like peptides. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? I think I thought that. I think I thought that. <laughs> it's like that story Gary Freeman says. <laughs> what if I think it? Um, <laughs> God damn it, I love that story. So, thinking about these two teams, let's say that Cameron Smith is playing on, because we have no, no indication that he's not playing on. What do you think about them next year? I mean, the storm, you kind of think, you know, steady as she goes, which is just, that's just how the storm are. I but, think they've still got to sort out what they're doing. Their biggest issue is they've got nine frontline rep hookers at the club. Yeah. They need to sort them out because at the moment, if the biggest issue they've got, okay, is if Cameron Smith plays on and he can and he should, in mm-hmm. my view, um, that's not because of my agenda, but... <laughs> Uh, even if even if Harry Grant said, you know what, I am going to go back to Melbourne, even if even if Cameron Smith plays on, mm-hmm. I would definitely have Smith at seven or six. I'd put probably put him at six and Munster at seven, mm-hmm. and Harry Grant at nine. Put Brandon Smith on the bench, mm-hmm. and he can just play whatever the hell role he wants off the bench. Yeah, I think that's something they need to look at doing. <clears throat> um, I don't know what they do when Smith does retire because then they're going to need, you know, a half somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't know, I'm just not sold on, on Jerome Hughes being a half. 
I think I think he's more of a fullback, and he's mm. the problem he's got now is he's not a better fullback than Pappenhausen. So I think if Melbourne are wise, they might try and let him go. Um, the other problem they've got is when Cameron Smith does go, mm. they've still got two hookers at the club. One of them's going to have to go. They can't carry both of them. Yeah, it's it's a nice problem to have, hey? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's going to free up so much bloody cash. Yeah. You know, Cameron Smith retires, that's going to free up a bit of coin. Brandon but, Smith goes to another club. I mean, he's not going to be on 20 grand a year. Yeah, he's going to be on pretty good coin. And Jerome Hughes departing as well. That's going to, they're going to free up, you know, close to a million bucks. They're going to be able to buy whatever bloody half they want. And you know, the thing is too, like you've got, say you've, you've got, uh, Say you, they're thinking Brandon Smith at the very least is going to be someone that they might have to move, and they've got Josh Addo Carr as well, who they've got to move. They're two pretty good pieces you can trade with another club oh, for whatever the hell you want. Yep. So it's they're in a real good position, and you know, very good organization. They're always producing good young players, and you know, look at Pappenhausen. They're like. It, it's incredible. That... Trust me, I have. He was a West <laughs> Tigers player. Sh- shall we delve into it quickly? The West Go. Tigers had James Tedesco. Yes. Tedesco signed with Canberra. And Robbie Farrow and some people at the club said, no, no, don't go to Canberra. You stay here at the West Tigers. You know, you're going to have a longer career here. You stay in Sydney. You know, that's where you're going to get noticed. You'll play Origin, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. And they were right. And so he went, yeah, all right, I'll turn it back on Canberra. He stayed at the West Tigers for another year. And the Tigers went, okay, well, we've got Poppenhausen here now. He's not obviously not going to play first grade, so we'll let him go. Mm-hmm. And then, so Melbourne took him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the Tigers didn't fight all that hard to keep Tedesco, and they let him go. And yes. all of a sudden, they've gone from having Poppenhausen and Tedesco at the club to having neither. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. It's rough. It's rough. It's uh, and this is why the Tigers will inevitably always be finishing in the bottom eight. That's why I've got to ask people, what's it like being in a grand final? <laughs> I know you're lost, but what's it like getting there? It's, you know what I got to say? It's been a really fun year to be a Panthers fan, and like, it, it sucks to lose the grand final, but. It's been such a crazy, fun year where they've done so many things where I've been like, I can't believe they're doing this. And, you know, like, I remember when we were at our worst and I remember thinking to myself at times, like, I just like to be in the the fight. And so to be in the fight, I'll I'll cop that. You know, I, I know it sucks to be the grand final loser and, like, there's plenty of teams, you know, would think to themselves, well, I'd rather not be in the grand final than lose a grand final. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I got my grand final in 2003. It's not like I've got this big hole in my heart where it's like, oh, my God. So, But there are fans out there that uh, this was their shot and they didn't get it. But I think with the youth in this Panthers side, because there's a lot of local juniors, you know, some of these dudes are like, they haven't played a full year of first grade yet, a normal year of first grade yet. They've got so much that they've got to look forward to, and I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. I'm looking forward to seeing where they end up and, 
how they go and and things i there's a few changes i think they need to make i think that and it's it's difficult to talk about right now but i think mansour i think it's maybe time to look at 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 bringing someone younger through um well i mean they're already there to be honest yeah i i there's just that he's got a few mistakes in his game and i think that you you need to look to you need to look to the future. In, yeah, in I mean you got terms. You got Naden and Charlie Staines there. You got what's this? Charlie Staines Stain? He yeah, is, yeah, he's, he re-signed. Yeah, yeah. You got to find a place for those two guys. Yeah, and, and, and so, so you got to make room somewhere. Exactly, and, and like I think they obviously need to work out how to use Kikau better. Um, Tamo's not going to be there next year, but they've got so much forward depth. I. Like, he's been very good. I've been very critical of Tamo, but this year he was very, very good. Um, but I, I'm pretty c- comfortable that they've got that covered. Jerome Luai was very quiet in this grand final, like silent. It was all up to Cleary in this one, basically. And, you know, I think that uh, Luai has had a, a, a pretty good season. And the thing that he needs to and the club, I think, needs to sit down and think about is that there's a lot of players that can play that 5'8 position, and we've got we've at least got three first-grade quality 5'8s, I think, at the club. They're all young, and I, I wonder if they're going to sit down and choose one um, or if they're going to let them battle it out again this year or this following season after, after this season. It's going to be interesting, but... I'm pretty comfortable with where the Panthers are at. They're not really losing too many, or really any of the the players that you'd want to hold on to at all costs. So um, I'm comfortable with Cleary as the coach. I think he needs to adjust things, but that's part of being a coach. And after all that, I just hope that we can start next season with full crowds at Panthers Footy Stadium and... Look, if they're in the fight next year, that's all I, I want. I just want to be in the fight. I want to be in with the chance, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. No, that sounds good. I'd like to see, yeah, more of the same from Penrith. I think they showed that they they're played a very entertaining brand of footy this year. I'd like to see that continue. Because they're entertaining to watch, and that's that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It is it is pretty cool to follow a club that... Uh... Wins games of football. <laughs> You'd have to rub it in, I know. So, <laughs> just, I was actually going to say, uh, you know, produce players and hold on to them. And, well, know. that too, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't have a whining CEO. <laughs> I was about to say that. He can't fucking remember whether he was sacked or whether he walked from his last job or not. Has a coach that, you know, wants to be there. <laughs> oh, I think the coach wants to be there. It has a has a fan base that doesn't want him there. <laughs> A fan base that accepts players for being mediocre, but won't accept coaches for trying to make them better. Team that doesn't that always get, get, team that doesn't always, you know, need to hear from Benny Elias too. That always helps. Yeah, I'm so glad that uh, he, his boy <laughs> is a Parramatta because fuck, he's going to be giving them a whole heap of grief next year. Yeah, yeah, it'll Although, be interesting. I, 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 I bet. I fucking yeah. bet at some stage next year, Ben, you'll say, oh, I reckon Mitch should go back to the Tigers. And I'll, to that, I'll say, fuck off. <laughs> Both of you, fuck off. Oh, shit. Ah, we lost, Andrew. Ah. <sighs> Damn it. They were so close to history. 
So close, man. So close. You looked up all of those stats last night, Nick. Yep. Fucking useless now. Yeah, <laughs> I just completely deleted the spreadsheet. No, I left it here. We'll, we'll look at the stats. What do we have here? Um, longest winning streak leading into a grand final. Mm. And these, these, from, these are from teams that actually won the premiership. So the, the record was 10 games by teams that actually went to a grand final. So it was the 1935 Roosters, the 1955 South team, the 1972 Manly side. Um, they all won 10 straight games before they got to the grand final. The 1977 St. George side had nine wins, and then they drew the grand final and won the replay. Um, so that's another one there. Um, so, yeah, Penrith were going to absolutely shit on that record, but uh, they lost. Yeah. Um, if we look at the total number of wins prior to winning the premiership, the record was 12 by South in 1925, and they were, well, they were so far ahead of the competition that they actually shut the season down with four weeks to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't lose a single game all year. Uh, what was the other one? Longest winning streaks. Penrith finished equal second with the uh, illegal Bulldog side of 2002 with a 17th straight run, mm-hmm. um, which probably means I'll get caught for salary cap cheating next year, I guess. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh. Imagine if, they, if both them and the Storm get done for, chap, for cap cheating next year. Then that would mean uh, it would either be Souths or the Raiders. Yeah. They, they can be the honorary premiership contenders. Who won the last game between those two sides? Probably question. South, wasn't it? Feels like it would be South, yeah. Let's have a look. I, I just can't remember. South, oh, that was Canberra, eighteen twelve. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's something to wait for Canberra. You might be able to get a premiership out of that. Not that you, you know. You got one you didn't deserve anyway in 1990. Exactly. They should give that trophy to us. Maybe we should sit down one over the off-season and we should fix up who won the premierships over the last 30 years. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, why not? I'm happy to do that. That can definitely be something we can work on. Seeing as my soul's going to be destroyed for the next six months, we might as well do it for others. Yeah, we destroy everyone's. <laughs> We'll sort out the Melbourne Storm seasons where they uh they they brought the cap. We'll fix it all up. Do you, I got a question for you? Yeah. They, they they won seventeen straight, and and I don't feel as though it's the case. But it could would you? I have not heard anyone saying that this is a choke. No. Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel that way either. I feel like it was it was very much a experienced team. I think this is, I think what we saw was a, a proper, almost like a logical performance of like, wow, this is what happens when a super experienced team comes up against a super inexperienced team for the most part. Um, I know that the Panthers weren't as inexperienced as most, most people saying, but when you look at their outside backs, which is where they had a lot of their failures in this game, I think that their inexperience did show up. Um, for for a lot of their players, although I thought To'o was very good, I I didn't see any problems with his game at all. Maybe this is what Gus was getting at. Look, if I keep, if you know, in Gus's mind, if he thinks into himself, if I keep talking about how Penrith are still in this and how great they are and how well they fought back, 
no one will be thinking they choked. Yeah, that was well, just that was just unlucky. <laughs> and so yeah, I'll tell you what. The one thing I know is going to happen is there's going to be an article about um, that penalty try, and they will be bitching and moaning about that for the rest of the off season. Oh, you know what? We almost forgot to talk about that. What should have been an obstruction call against uh, the Panthers when Yo run around his own player, kicked the ball, and then to- O scored in the corner. Um, that was a flat out no try. I couldn't believe they looked at it more than once, mm-hmm. and they gave it to the Panthers, and it was like it was just a blatant obstruction, no try, and they gave it, and it's it's just a terrible call, a sort of call that would get the video ref dropped the following week if there was another game to play. Oh. <clears throat> See that that probably won't get called upon because it didn't decide the game. Yeah. Yeah, true. But it, it was a disgraceful call. I said as much on Twitter, too. Like, um, you know, it was clear this game was over earlier on. But So, so let's get this right. You, you were being reasonable on social media. Yeah. Mate, well, that's, that's, that's not going to sit well with people. They're not, they don't <laughs> expect that from you. They want you to be sitting there bitching and moaning and calling people all sorts of names. Surely that's what you do. I, apparently, I, I I hear the rumors. <laughs> you've got a reputation that you've got to live up to that you don't know about. Yeah, it's like it's like this can't. It's like I'm going. You can't blame the ref. You can't blame the conditions. It's like yeah, fucking can't. Being all reasonable but, and shit. Did Gary Gallen go and hack your Twitter account? <laughs> What's going on? Poor Gallen's <laughs> Oh shit! But uh, yeah, it, it's. I thought that was a disgraceful call. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying that the referees had a big influence on the game. Uh, I, I, I've I, got this thing of like, when you're down 22 nil at halftime, shut the fuck up. And I've said this before with other teams. Like, you don't talk about the referee when you're down 22 nil. You shut your face and you get chewed out by the coach. Um, and when you lose the game, you shut the fuck up still. But I did see other people saying that the referees pretty big influence on the game overall. Um, no. You know, I, I I was too disappointed to really care about any of that sort of shit. No, the refereeing was fine. I didn't have any drama with it. Yeah. I, I, what I do hope is that we go back to two refs next year and we get rid of that six again thing. Um, I know a lot of people think it was absolutely fantastic, but, you know, I don't think it added anything great to the game. No. What it added was um, more non-contest in the game of football, which I don't think is a great thing. I agree. I agree. Um, and it also meant that parts of the game were being ignored, such as the play the ball, a lot of stuff in the ruck. Mm-hmm. That was just being ignored. I know the six again was brought in to try and deal with that, but clubs still um, they still committed, you know, um, you know, breaches of rules and stuff like that in the ruck. Mm-hmm. So it obviously didn't work. Yeah. It wasn't a strong enough deterrent. And so the only deterrent we found that worked was one that no one liked, but it was where we had two referees penalising the shit out of teams. Yep. Yep. I agree. It didn't, it didn't cause blowout scores. It didn't create exciting games either, but neither did the six again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did lead to teams having to be better with how they played the game. Had to be smarter around the ruck. Had to be cleaner around the ruck. Mm-hmm. And 
Dare uh-huh. I say it, we're going to need a season where we do that. And I think this year would have been a good one when we only had you know a COVID interrupted season. It would have been a good year to have two referees on the field, policing the shit out of the ruck. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's a write-off season. It's, you know, the, they could call it. You might as well do it there and then hit the ground running with a full season next year and everyone's playing the game much better spirit. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I think we saw this season, once they changed the rules, the attacking players that were playing the ball, it, it's turned into a fucking mess. It, they, they don't get the foot on the ball. They roll it back. They face whatever way they can. Um, ridiculous. They play it on the mark. They step yeah. off the mark, walk off the mark, step yep. to the side of the mark. So fucking silly. So fucking uh, silly. Even the marker, the first marker, would not be square, and they'd still be able to get away with it. Mm-hmm. You know... We saw it tonight with uh, Coruscant when he knocked the ball out of Cameron Smith's hands. Yeah. He wasn't even square. No. No. It's, you know, all of that become a mess. And we saw in the early 2000s where the game got very much like touch footy and we don't want to see that happen again. Um, You know, and there were too many times where they'd call six again where you'd be like, what was that for? And then too many times where you'd think, well, that's six again, and they wouldn't call it. And I, d- I just think it's too hit and miss. And yep. it's especially when you are asking one dude to police the 10 metres, to look at offsides, to look at, you know, obstructions and everything else, and then police the, you know, it's just too much. It's too much. You throw in the ref challenge thing, oh. which we found more often than not, the players used it incorrectly. Yeah. Um, and they were wrong when they used it, which meant referees were right. And I think if we had had two referees on the field, the referees would have been right more often. Um, so it would have been more wasted ref challenge. In the end, it started being used at the tail end of games purely just to waste time so players could have a rest, which yeah. was always going to happen. And, and the other thing is too, like to randomly, like you want to have the free-flowing rugby league and then randomly an individual can stop the game. And we start yeah. to look at that. We're at literally watching a replay that a dude in a studio in Redfern is watching to determine what happened on the field. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And, I, and as we discussed you know, several weeks ago, um, a try scored against the, the Sharks when Wade Graham was trying to call for a ref challenge. And then mm. we found out that you can't call a ref challenge on anything. It's only on some things. Yeah. And that just makes it even more absurd. 100%. You've got to stop having these, these rules that only apply to parts of the game because it just complicates things for no reason whatsoever. Just scrap that shit. If you need for it, if you had to bet a hundred bucks, right, that we start next season with four or more rule changes or three or less, what would you put your money on? Three or less. I would go four or more. I think that I think that Graham Annesley won't be able to help himself. I don't think they're going to roll back any changes. Oh no, I'm not saying changing back. I mean just changes overall. No, but that's the thing. I think if they were to roll back changes, then I'd say four or more. But because I don't think they're going to roll anything back, I don't think they're going to be able to change too much. I don't think their egos will allow them to say, you know, what we got this wrong. Mm-hmm. They won't change anything. And so we'll just be burdened with it through until Graham Annesley gets sacked or dies. It'll be one of those two. 
what if he just what if they what are they going to give Graham Annesley when he retires because they can't give him a gold watch a Cartier watch they seem to be the guy at the moment <laughs> yeah Australia Post knows where to get them at a real good price exactly exactly that'd be the way to go yeah get him a post as the uh, the refs boss over in England that would be handy Call him the, the NRL England ambassador. Ambassador. You go, oh, this sounds fancy. You go, you just go over there and eat, eat fucking tuna and corn pizza and shut up. You, you know what his perfect job is? It's one of those Twitch streamers. <laughs> yes. He, he just plays Mario Kart all day and streams on Twitch all day. He'd love that. Maybe they could just promote him to being a, um, you know, a full-time journalist for Fox Sports because that's what he's pretty much trying to do at the moment. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Gives him fucking 75% of their fucking content. Exactly. Does all their research for them. Yeah. And you know, they're not going to do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although, God damn it, when I was watching Channel 9, I was scrambling for some Fox Sports in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, looking at some of the headlines of Fox Sports. Storm survived epic comeback. Oh. No one says Cleary goes missing when it counts. I didn't think he went missing. Someone else says, why would he retire? Smith leads the way as 150-kilo beast terrorises the Panthers. Player ratings. Well, you know, they're asking to be looked at now. Okay. Who's the 150-kilo beast? Uh, don't know. Yeah, that's weird. They finished the game with 11 men, but the Storm are the 2020 champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they right. had uh, two players to the bin. Pappenhausen, nine. Okay. Vunavalu, eight. Yeah, he was good. He was really good, actually. Brinko Lee, six. Yeah, he didn't He didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Justin Olam, 7.5. I thought he had a similar game to Lee, to be honest. Addo Carr, 6.5. Yeah, I think he was about the same. It didn't really do anything wrong, you know. Um, Munster, six. I thought Munster was a little bit quiet in this game, hey? Uh, Hughes, six. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Bromwich, six. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Smith, 8.5. I would have said eight. I thought he was. He did He did pretty good. It's Cameron Smith, Knocks out eights, like, every week. Yeah. Uh, Christian Welch, seven. He didn't do much in this game. He copped a knock early, and yeah. I didn't think he did too much in that one, this game. Uh, Felice Kafusi seven. He was all right at times. Kenny Bromwich, 6.5. I thought Kenny Bromwich was good. He has been good for much of the year. Yeah. Um, Asimov Solomon, I dare say, he was the beast. Uh, he had a nine. Uh, yeah, I would have said nine. I would have said nine for him. Um, on the bench, Brandon Smith, seven. Yeah. Uh, Farsa Malui, six. Finnegan, six. And Nico Hines didn't play. Oh, didn't he get on the field? I didn't realise that. No. Wow, how about that? But uh, don't, there's no Penrith ratings on there. Oh, isn't there? No, I mean, why would you rate losers? <laughs> you got to keep chewing, Panthers fans. <laughs> <laughs> If I had yeah, to I'm hit... a Tigers fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're sitting there with a foot-long sub of it, and you're oh, like, yeah. stop your whinging. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Two contentious tries and referee Smith at his absolute best. Who wrote that fucking horseshit? Who wrote that? I'm not even going to click on it. I don't want to give him the, yeah. the credit. What garbage. Anyways, that's our grand final episode done. Yeah, well, I guess next up we will be looking at the State of Origin games that will be yep. coming up. Uh, we'll, when the when the teams are announced, uh, depending on when they announce them, because I don't know when they're announcing them officially. I'll just say but... the squads will be completed um, tomorrow, I guess. They'll be naming who, who from the grand final got picked in the squads. Yeah. And then they'll whittle them down over the week, I guess. You'd think so, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we'll be doing our our State of Origin episodes, which will be kind of strange doing it, like, back to back to back. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's like... Well, we'll officially people... get into the, the hist- history pieces we've been talking about for the last seven months. Yeah. We can get around history. to that. We can talk about all sorts of stuff. We can talk about whatever we want. It'll be so good. So I don't think that we're going anywhere. We'll have the, we... uh, the, the League Freak Awards. Oh yeah, the King of Rugby League Awards. We'll yeah. we'll do that um, as soon. I think that we'll be doing that. Will it be the Super League Grand Final? I think yeah. it'll be after the Super League Grand Final. Yeah. Yep, that'll be it. Yeah. yeah. So and then there's no more rugby league until next year. But we we don't take breaks. We're not like other podcasts. We are uh, we go, you know, seven days a week, off season, Christmas, New Year's, all of that. We're yeah. always here because we know you love us as much as you love rugby league. Yeah, and who doesn't much... love who doesn't love the soul crushing defeat that rugby league can give you from time to time? Absolutely, oh, Absolutely. I love it. And uh, and obviously, not only do you love us and rugby league, but you also love smooth balls. Yeah, who doesn't love smooth balls? Hey, I know that when I cup my smooth balls, I just think to myself. Thank you, Manscaped.com. You've made me the complete man. And so if you go to Manscaped.com and you put in our our exclusive code, which is NRL, you can get 20% off and free shipping. I recommend the Perfect Package 3.0. You get boxer shorts in there. You get the lawnmower 3.0. You get the, the... big newspaper thing that you put on the floor and it captures all of your bush when you shave it off. You got your ball, you know, deodorant, your ball toner. It's just got everything. There's nothing else you really need in your life. And do something for yourself because, look, as dudes, sometimes we, we don't do stuff for ourselves. This is an investment. This is an investment in your genitals. And who doesn't want to invest in their genitals? So go to manscaped.com, put in the code NRL, and do something for yourself. Yeah. And it will be sure to make your stock rise. Yeah, just like your penis. <laughs> he doesn't do subtle. No. Nah. Yeah, yeah. He just comes straight out with it. Um, thanks That's for tuning in. Make sure, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Virgo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Um, so get over and check us out on all of those as well. Um, don't forget to give us a five star rating and a review on your podcast device. Um, we'll read them out on the website and we'll put them up on our website, Freaky. Yes, which is com. You go to the uh, the contact section, leave us a contact, 
well, not a contact, but leave us a message of some sort, and uh, we'll do. We'll read out your emails. That episode's coming up. Oh yeah, and uh, with that all being said, thanks for tuning in, everyone, for another good 2020 season, and uh, make sure you stick with us because we've got a shitload more to come. Yeah. <laughs>